Chris Noruzzi, you are the CEO of Fly GTA, among other organizations related to travel, tourism, and experiences regionally, nationally, internationally. We'll get to all of that. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time today to join me on the Fact Up podcast. Thank you, and it's truly a pleasure to be here. What were you doing wasting your time before the age of four? And how did your life change at the age of five? Uh, how do you know that number? <laughs> really funny you say that. Yeah, so um, my passion for aviation started really truly at a young age. Um, uh, I, I loved fighter jets in the beginning of my life. And, uh, and where I grew up uh, back home was uh, I was beside an Air Force training base. And literally one of my first memories was an F-14 flying by my window. And uh, my uncle, when I was a kid, took me to uh, the Air and Space Museum. And uh, that's it. Like, I just truly never lost sight of it. I continued uh, with my passion. Um, and, you know, I didn't really come from a, a family of wealth or anything like that. So it was kind of all on my own shoulders to try to make sure that uh, I can make my dreams come true and, and just uh, took it step by step. Uh, throughout my, my teenage years, uh, I really was just you know, going and watching airplanes uh, behind the fences and so on. Uh, when I was 15 years old, I walked into the airport and said, guys, I, I really just want to work here. Whatever you got, uh, I want to do it. And uh, that time they told me the best thing to do is to go back, speak to your co-op teacher at your high school and, uh, and speak to them, let them know that you're interested in aviation and flying. So I did that. Uh, and sure enough, the next semester at that time, I got into a co-op position at Toronto Buttonville Municipal Airport. So uh, at 15 years old, uh, you know, having uh, just started high school, basically, I started my uh, co-op position. And uh, honestly, I, I felt so rewarded every day I went to work. And uh, I was one of the people that, uh, because everything was procedural and technical, uh, I would try to take over all of the load from everyone just so I could learn, right? So right. Um, by the time my co-op was over, they basically said, we can't have you leave. <laughs> we, we want you to join here. And, um, and it was a really good experience. So that was uh, at the age of 15 when I got my first job at an airport as a, as a flight school dispatcher, really started from the ground up. And I was working uh, on the ramp, moving aircraft and get up like four in the morning, go coordinate airplanes for... Uh, for the first flights that were going on. Um, and I went through, uh, you know, once I finished high school, I basically uh, did all of my flight training. I went to York University at the same time, but uh, did all my flight training at that time uh, at the flight school that was at Buttonville Airport. Um, from, and I was doing it paycheck to paycheck. I didn't really uh, have, you know, a big, uh, there's no OSAP that helps out. There's no sort of a service that helps out. So every paycheck I would get after two weeks of working, I would go on like two flights, you know. So I did that. I got my private license. And then um, I, uh, I spoke to my family and said, hey, guys, you know, I really need everyone to come together and help me out. So uh, my family did come and back me up and I was able to get a professional student loan. Um, and, you know, the reason I like to share this story is because I know a lot of people go through exactly the same thing, especially with no government, government assistance. Uh, uh, and and just uh, a lot of handcuffs to be honest in the industry especially when you're looking to start up but I was able to get a professional student loan uh, then I intensified my flight training uh, throughout the same time I, uh, I had become a ground school instructor at the airport I became a, 
delegate for the Minister of Transport uh, with civil aviation, and I was doing licensing and examinations of different things. Uh, so I intensely went through my commercial training and uh, got my instructor rating as well. And I ended up working at that airport as a flight instructor, ground instructor, and everything associated with it. And it was a big operation. We had uh, um, we had 45 airplanes, 65 pilots, uh, 20 dispatchers, 25 ground staff. Uh, and by the time I was 18, I was managing the entire operation. So uh, on top of that, we had about 500 aircraft tenants. So. Right. Um, you know, Buttonville Airport in its peak days where I, when I was there was, uh, uh, I think it was seventh busiest airport in Canada. And I remember like sitting, yeah, I, I would sit in line uh, for takeoff and I would be number 17 for takeoff, number 18 for takeoff. So, wow. um, yeah, and the busy, one of the busiest airspaces in the world, truly. People think that, uh, you know, you go to New York and places like that, it's just the same in a, in a busy flight school environment when you have that many aircraft, right? So sure, I got very quality training out of it. Uh, and by the time I was done, was uh, I'd worked there about 11 years. So um, I was about 26 or so. Mm -hmm. And uh, they announced the closure of uh, Buttonville Airport, that the land had been sold. A company called Cadillac Fairview had come on board and they were looking at developing everything from hotels to shopping malls to everything associated. Uh, at that time, I decided to start my own company. I thought I had enough experience. So um, I had no money at all, as I mentioned. <laughs> mm, right. I had no money. Um, I remember I had a, a Visa card with $20,000 on it. And uh, I had no airplane. So I joined up with a friend of mine who had, uh, who had an airplane. Uh, I made an agreement with him to buy half of the airplane. So not, not a whole airplane. And went with my credit card uh, Moved to downtown Toronto and I found literally a closet at Billy Bishop Airport, which acted as an office for me. <laughs> right, right, right. So uh, went into that office uh, and uh, as I like to say, put pen to paper and literally just started writing uh, all of the manuals and everything required to start an airline, you know. Right. Uh, huge, huge process that I had to go through. It took me uh, eight months of, you know, double full-time work to put uh, put all of it together and um, acting as operations manager, director of maintenance, all the uh, associated positions that required me to get an airline license. Uh, there was a lot of examinations. So examinations, interviews, processes. So I went through all of that. And, um, uh, and you know, I'm somewhat of a salesman from my younger days as well. Uh, when, when Kijiji started up, I was uh, buying and selling everything I could on Kijiji. So I'm <laughs> making my my life that way, which is, uh, if you talk to a lot of the people that knew me when I was 17, 18, they would say, oh, this guy was trying to sell me jeans at the airport one day. <laughs> is that so, right? Yeah, so uh, I'm proud of it, though. You know, it's, it's, it's where I came from, definitely, right? Well, humble, humble beginnings in life, humble beginnings in business. Uh, my, my question for you is, were your parents um, stressing out about your, your passion uh, at that age, um, or were they stressing out and grateful at the same time that you had found your path at such it, an early age? Yeah, it's uh, it was definitely a combination of, uh, I guess, grateful and stressing out because uh, when when we walked into the flight school for the same time and looked at the numbers, it was and the fact that they told us, "Hey, you're not going to get any help from anyone to pay for this." <laughs> right. You know, definitely. It, 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 Sink or swim. I, yeah. Exactly. Right. right. Exactly. So. 
and I couldn't do it for several years. So that's why I, I tried to do it myself. And I think uh, it got to the point where they just realized like he's going for it. So uh, yeah. we have to all uh, just figure something out and try to try to make it happen because it seems that uh, he's not deviating from it. Right. He's not going to become an accountant and work in an office. <laughs> all right. Before we get into the details of, of Fly GTA and what it's all about, I, I want to know what, what emotion comes to the surface for you personally when I say the word flying. What does flying mean to you? No, freedom, complete freedom. I can, uh, I can honestly say, you know, despite uh, uh, obviously there are things associated with being a CEO, a pilot, and, and everything that, that goes on revolving... Uh, my work and my life, um, uh, every time I go into the air, it, it all goes out the window. It really, nothing matters and I land and I start going back <laughs> back into the real world, you know? Right, right. It, it is complete freedom and, and it's something that if you haven't tried, uh, there's a lot of ways that you can give it a try and see, uh, see if you like it as well. When you have it on autopilot and it's quiet around you and you're in, you're in the middle, middle of the day or middle of the night, what thoughts come through your head? Like what, where does your mind wander off to when you have that serenity when you're flying and everything is kind of in control? Uh, <laughs> I wish you didn't ask me that question. Oh, okay. But, uh, <laughs> no, honestly, it's um, one of the things, uh, you know, almost every flight when, uh, especially when you're flying at higher altitudes and you see the curvature of the earth, uh, it's really about, it's about the world. You know, you, you, it's always about, uh, I can't believe how small the world is truly, you know, and I go from, uh, you know, I'll get up on a day, I'll, I'll go from Toronto to Las Vegas. And then I end up in, in the Bahamas and, uh, you know, the people you meet, um, and the experiences you have, it's truly amazing. But every time I'm in the air, I can see, you know, a, a portion of the globe rather than a, a map of the earth type of idea. Um, it really makes you realize how small the world is and, uh, and you know, everything that goes on in the world and how, how we, uh, uh, we're so lucky these days, you know, uh, that we're able to travel, you know? <laughs> Indeed. I mean, you, you operate, um, you operate fly GTA and it's uh, an airline based out of Billy Bishop, uh, in downtown Toronto, uh, on the Island. Um, for those who don't know what fly GTA is all about, uh, please grace us with the good news. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we, uh, COVID was difficult and we made it through COVID. We're starting back up with all of our tourism services, which is, uh, where a lot of my passion lies. Um, uh, we are able to travel internationally, but we mainly focus on North America with our private jet services. So, uh, with regards to business travelers and, uh, and leisure travelers, uh, we, we certainly are capable. We are, uh, an airline that is not, uh, 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 what we call a management company in private aviation. A lot of private aviation companies uh, manage other people's aircraft in general, but we're a true airline. So uh, we own and operate our aircraft. Uh, we have crews on schedule 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, but we're certainly able to, to serve and uh, uh, we're expanding. So now we have, uh, we have a few locations. We have a location at Billy Bishop Airport, uh, Buttonville Airport, which is where I started. Niagara, Oshawa, Muskoka, and we've just opened up a new location in Montreal, actually. So we're moving to the Mar Montreal market as well. And we, I think, uh, in my you know, opinion, uh, we're one of the ones that are bringing complete new so solutions to private aviation. And um, really, we're able to bridge the type of gap that, uh, that currently exists where 
A lot of people don't have information about private aviation and how to travel, how to book, uh, and thinking, you know, the costs could be astronomical, where uh, for a lot of flights, it could be reasonable if you're going with a group or a family. Um, so, uh, so we're here. I, I encourage people to look into what we do. So if, if I'm a guy, which I am, and I have a, a few friends, which I hopefully do, uh, and I want to go on a, on a leisure trip, where, where are the possibilities? Where am I going uh, that Fly GTA can get me there in a matter of, uh, of really quite literally minutes? Yeah. Um, so we have our, our domestic services, which we mainly focus on, uh, on domestic tourism with, uh, with one of our group companies, Visit Canada. Uh, which we uh, basically connect downtown Toronto and Buttonville Airport to places like Niagara, uh, Niagara for wineries, Niagara Falls, uh, Kingston for everything Kingston has to offer, Muskoka for the lakes, cottage country, and uh, and just commuter traffic generally. So those are domestic services and our non-scheduled services. We we focus a lot on uh, in the summertime. Uh, we'll see a lot of Boston, Chicago, New York, uh, Hamptons, places like that. And in the winter time, we'll, we'll see a lot of Caribbean. So Caribbean being from uh, Florida, Bahamas, uh, uh, to Turks and Caicos, Dominican Republic, and, all, and every island you can think of. It's an amazing thing to consider the fact that you can go from downtown Toronto to the Niagara region in less than 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and, and you can be in Kingston in, in 40 to 45 minutes uh, and, and Muskoka in, in, in less time than that. So it's it's... It's an amazing thing. Guys, the, the website is right above here. Uh, click on it and just find your itinerary and find your adventure. It is, it is uh, much more affordable and accessible than you might think. But uh, Chris, what, is, what do you hear most about uh, you know, customers loving the most about Fly GTA? Um, I think from the beginning, our staff make it very pleasant. So from your booking stage uh, um, you know, to where you're greeted, I think it's a very pleasant experience. Uh, uh, it's a, uh, it's a, I don't want to say a luxury, but it's generally, a, a, you know, a, a, almost an exclusive experience because you're flying from private terminals to private terminals. There's no wait times. Uh, you come on board. Uh, we, we go uh, generally lower. So uh, when we're traveling domestically, it's, it's basically a sightseeing flight and, and travel all in one. But um, yeah, a lot of people just, really like the fact that they don't have to do it the way that they used to before. <laughs> right, right. We get that a lot, you know, oh my God, I used to drive two and a half hours every day. Now I'm flying for 10 minutes, you know, like <laughs> it's rewarding to hear that, but uh, we definitely get uh, that comment, you know, on almost every flight, you know, if right. it's a new passenger, it's, it's always the same experience. Right. Well, you mentioned COVID. Let's talk about COVID. How did, how did fly GTA fare during the pandemic and m what positives come from COVID as they relate to Fly GTA, uh, seeing that you do offer, you know, flights, tours, and packages? Yeah. Um, well, obviously, in the beginning of the pandemic, just like every other business or almost every other business, it was full total shutdown. So for several months, we didn't operate. Uh, and, uh, you know, stay at home orders, we were all just trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Um, once we opened up, unfortunately, uh, more than 50% of our business did not, which was the tourism services package and, and general domestic travel. Um, so we've kind of been completely held off on that side until uh, until very recently. Um, but our private jet services, certainly with the airlines and closures. So in the beginning of the pandemic, 
um, we, we started to do a lot of repatriation flights. So Canadians that were stuck all over the world, we would go pick them up and bring them back home basically. So we um, happy to have helped out a lot of people in a very, very difficult time. Um, after that, we, uh, we focused mainly on private jet travel. There was a lot of essential travel that we were focused on. Um, so we were flying quite a bit. Um, but until recently, we, we actually opened our bookings uh, on July 1st. And uh, as of this Friday, July 9th, our air tourism operations are starting. And we're expecting to open all of our packages as of next month. So uh, it will be including summer and going into the winter packages. But that's basically what, uh, what we went through. A lot of the focus for us in the downtime was uh, upgrading our aircraft, refurbishing our aircraft, uh, focusing on software systems. So we tried to get keep busy, even though we weren't flying. So uh, our business was entirely open. A lot of people were working from home, but glad to say uh, everything is coming back. Yeah, a lot of challenges and a lot of, a lot of investment to uh, the positives of, of yeah. what's to come, right? Absolutely. Uh, in your professional opinion, uh, what changes can we see in the travel industry in general, um, including and especially how it, you know, got decimated and decimated is a very underrated word uh, because yeah. of COVID. Yeah. Um, airlines are definitely going to have a very challenging time. Number one, just a, on an operational level, um, coming back online with what's associated with coming back online and retraining pilots and staff and everything, uh, everything that goes into it. Um, airlines are going to have a difficult time operationally. Um, I foresee increased prices. Uh, you know, a lot of the airlines were, were able to get government funding. Um, they are, you know, there are so many vouchers outstanding that uh, essentially once they start up for the first couple of years, I can't see how they would be making money. So uh, the only strategy that I can see is, is somewhat the entire industry increasing its rates. So that's what I think will happen in the short term. Uh, travel itself, I think, um, uh, you know, Europe, country by country, places are, are opening up. Uh, uh, as of uh, July 5th, which is, uh, which is now past, now fully vaccinated travelers uh, do not need to quarantine or do the hotel quarantine or 14 day current quarantine. And they only have to do a one molecular test upon arrival, which uh, we are immediately seeing increased demand for people looking to travel. So even though the prices may increase on, uh, on airline travel and, uh, and vacation travel, I'll say, uh, the private jet side, I think prices will decrease because the volumes have gone up so high that the industry is completely different from what it used to be. Mm. Um, but I think that there's a major bubble that will burst, <laughs> you know, and everyone will need to get on vacations, uh, get on the beach, and it's completely understandable. As long as we can do it safely, I think uh, uh, I can't wait for it myself. You know, your other organizations, uh, you mentioned visitcanada.ca focuses on, on Canadian experiences everyone can enjoy. Uh, Vitajet.com uh, gives people a chance to uh, experience curated international adventures, which is awesome. Um, talk about how your other organizations that I just mentioned will help people fill their travel voids. Yeah. So um, let's talk about Visit Canada first, because uh, definitely one of the, the big projects that we've been focused on. 
Visit Canada traditionally was about bringing people to Canada. Because the borders were closed and no one could travel, I think Canadians started truly looking in their own backyard. Um, I can't tell you on my Instagram, uh, you know, a lot of uh, throughout the opening phases, open and close, open and close phases of, uh, of the pandemic, I saw a lot of people traveling from this side to East Coast or, uh, you know, uh, for Vancouver. So I've been seeing a lot of people more interested in domestic travel, which is absolutely wonderful. Um, uh, there's a lot to see in Canada. And I think uh, for Canadians, uh, because a lot of the people don't like cold, <laughs> as soon as there's an available vacation, it's always about let's head to the sand, let's head to the ocean, right? But right. I think it opened up uh, a lot of eyes with what Canada has to offer. And it is truly one of the most beautiful countries in the world. And there's so many things to do. Uh, and even uh, not necessarily across Canada, even even more localized domestic tourism, you know, uh, with the things that, that we do, for example, uh, Muskoka and Niagara, Kingston, and uh, and generally Northern Ontario, there's so many things to see that uh, people that have lived here their whole life completely have overlooked it all. So I think that uh, from Canadian travel and Visit Canada, um, we're expecting to see Canadians traveling Canada versus foreigners traveling Canada, which is, uh, makes me happy. <laughs> right. Yeah. And what about your other website? Uh, so VitaJet, uh, we are awaiting to be honest, uh, VitaJet is something that we had created, uh, before the pandemic and we were in our launch phase with it. But, uh, unfortunately when the pandemic happened, people stopped traveling, but basically VitaJet's concept is packaging private jets, which is something not available. So, You'll go to websites like uh, like Expedia or RedTag.ca or you know all of the ones that exist, which are the online travel agencies that sell you packages. Uh, nothing like that exists for private jets. If you were taking a group of uh, uh, you know six people, eight people, fifteen people, whatever it may be, uh, to be able to have somewhere that you can go view a package, click, and just like the airline experiences where you show up somewhere, they take you on the flight, then they put you on a bus to a hotel or a resort. We're kind of creating the same scenario with private jets where we'll fly you out from your private terminal and private airport. Uh, and the nice thing is it opens up uh, uh, not just from Pearson. So you can you can depart from Buttonville Airport, you can depart from Niagara, Kingston, all these uh, different places where haven't had air service and you can go directly to your Bahamas destination where your, uh, your black car service will take you to your uh, you know, private villa or uh, or high-end resort. Um, and the pricing for it, to be honest, it is truly compared to higher-end what you see on the airlines, you know. So uh, price-wise, you have to always compare it to first-class service. Generally, it's been out of reach. It's been above first-class. Uh, but we're bringing it into pricing that uh, that matches up with first-class. So it's complete new things uh, for, for Southern Ontario and Quebec. That all sounds terrible, Chris. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you some uh, some rapid fire questions. Uh, sure. Rapid fire questions, ten of them. There's nothing rapid about this. Uh, take your time, okay? And there's okay. absolutely no pressure. We're not live. <laughs> uh, preferred travel themed movie: Airplane or Die Hard Two? <laughs> Airplane. <laughs> Best life advice you've gotten? You never know who's watching. Ooh, that yeah. is intriguing, especially <laughs> at this day and age, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it could be positive or negative. <laughs> That's right. What keeps you up at night? 
Possibilities. <laughs> oh, your brain's working. Do you have a notepad next to your bed? No, no, I don't. It's all up there. <laughs> <laughs> Dead or alive, who would you love to have dinner with? Uh, Michael, Jordan, uh, Michael Jordan, I would say. He's a cool guy, and uh, I think he's been uh, an entrepreneur on top of a professional athlete. So interesting, uh, interesting person to sit down with, certainly. I agree with you. Of all the personal questions I could ask you, what's one you wouldn't want to answer? I want to answer that. <laughs> That's my man. Texting or talking? What do you prefer? If I'm flying, texting. If I'm on the ground, talking. Flying towards a sunrise or flying towards a sunset? Sunset. Putin in Montreal or a glass of wine in Niagara? Glass of wine in Niagara. Oh, <laughs> uh, favorite place to lay over? Um, Bahamar at the Nassau, uh, Nassau Bahamas. Is it because of the food? It's uh, because of the people and, uh, and beautiful beaches. Awesome. Last one. When I say the word travel, what does that mean to you? Uh, small world. That, that's what that means to me. I, I mentioned that earlier, but um, small world, it, it's accessible. Chris Naruzzi, uh, the CEO of Fly GTA, uh, you're an incredible uh, person, my man, and I, uh, I, I've had the pleasure of meeting you uh, once in person, and, and now we're, we're, we're chatting over and, and we're doing this podcast. I want to thank you so much uh, for taking the time today, and I, I wish you nothing but health, happiness, and continued success in all your endeavors, and I, I sincerely uh, hope to see um, more of your name in the headlines as we, as we pass this really kind of dark period and we move towards the light and, and positivity and hope. Thank you so much for everything. And uh, I really look forward to uh, flying you soon. <laughs> oh, cheers, mate. I, I look forward to being in the, uh, not in the shotgun. I think that would, that would make me pretty scared, <laughs> but in the back somewhere. <laughs> cheers and stay well, Chris. All right. Thank you so much. Ciao.